0: Hello and welcome to FTD Talk. My name is John James and I am a writer and campaigner for male victims of female perpetrated domestic violence. Today in episode 7 we head over to the States to talk to Henry about his relationship with a male perpetrator. Like everybody that comes on the show, his tale is horrific. This is Henry's story. Welcome, welcome, Henry, to FTD Talk. Okay. And um, I guess we'll start at the beginning and uh, ask
1: how you and your partner met. Well, we met when um, off Growler, a dating app, and it was kind of like when I was just ending one relationship and kind of just like looking, you know, to just move on with my life. I found this guy who just... Happened to be something I was looking for, or at least I thought I was looking for. Um, and he was coming out of a divorce with his now ex wife, so
0: okay. And did you, um, did you hook up straight away? Was it sort of love at first sight, or
1: not entirely? It was more we hooked up and then I didn't think I'd ever see him again, and then he contacted me like two weeks later asking me if I wanted to go on another date and I was just kind of like, um, okay. And then from there it kind of just progressed into a relationship.
0: And how was the relationship in the beginning?
1: In the beginning when we were in Texas, it was really good. I mean, it was a decent relationship. I mean, it wasn't violent. It wasn't abusive. It was, that happened more when we moved away from my family And moved to Texas, or moved from Texas to Florida. That's when everything just changed.
0: Is that is that the first time you realized that things weren't quite right?
1: Um, It wasn't the first time. I kind of some things just didn't make up with like his stories and stuff like that, like him getting hurt at work. Um, And then I was just brushed it off because I just you know didn't really think about it. And now looking back at it, like all the stuff he basically bought for me was basically, you know, buying my love. Like he basically was buying me computer parts. He was buying me um, whatever I basically was looking at online. And that should have been, honestly, my first like major red flag was he knew what I was looking at online without actually getting on my computer. So he knew what I wanted before without me really even saying it that if if i'm coming across correctly like he basically was getting on my computer without me knowing yeah and And i mean that should have been a red flag for me
0: were there uh, any other signs where you know did he talk to you in a, a harsh manner or manipulate you in any way
1: i would say manipulating probably um there was a lot of Uh, negativity from his ex-wife so I kind of just contributed to that because I was like oh it's just you know his ex-wife's talking trash you know because they are getting divorced and she doesn't want him to be happy now I realize she was right you know she was trying to warn me about everything that you know this guy's a sociopath and a psychopath mixed into one you know it's complete you know understatement you know I mean this dude is if I could say lightly is he is a psychopath. I mean, he doesn't care who he hurts.
0: When you say that, um, things started to get, uh, worse when you moved away from your family, was that his idea to move away? Or was that a joint, a joint
1: plan? I think it was more, he knew I wanted to go back to where my friends were. So he basically influenced my decision to move back to where my friends were by you know manipulating me um it wasn't you know now i realize it really wasn't my decision because of you know how he manipulated me
0: right and did did you uh lose contact with your family when you moved away or did you stay in touch
1: not really i mean he almost destroyed my relationship with my mom um but at the same time they were paying my rent stuff so they were paying you know for him to live with me and stuff like that so I think like he was more in the relationship for my money and not really in it for me
0: Right, and when, when did you see the abuse escalate
1: um that was basically after like a month or so in Florida um he wanted to start a triad relationship with another guy and I was not going to have that. I was, I'm one of those people that I rather just have a single relationship, me and one person. I'm not going to add another person to my relationship.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: I I just can't do that. Like, I'm sorry. It it just, and he basically lost his shit over lunch because I told him it is either going to be this guy or me. It's not going to be both. And he needed to make that decision for me right then and there. So I basically broke up with him at lunch And then proceeded to go get in his car and he jumped in the car and while we were driving back to um, the apartment, he was very verbally abusive and then he started punching the car. He started punching himself. He started punching me and then he started screaming and I told him he needed to cut it out or I was going to call the cops. He proceeded to just like rip open the car door and jumped out the car at a red light and just like ran off. So I had to call the cops and basically got him Baker acted, which is basically putting him in a mental institution um, at that point is when things started becoming physically abusive. Um, there were incidences like I have videos. Of, I have so many videos it is ridiculous of where he would basically start screaming at me to my face, like three inches from my face and demanding that I hit him. And that I stand up for myself and that I hurt him. And I'm not going to do that. Like, unless yeah. you put me in a life threatening situation, I'm not going to throw your ass through a wall. Um, which I did do once because he got mad because I did I did his laundry and I did my laundry because he threw his laundry into my laundry basket. He got mad that I did his laundry and I was trying to sleep because I had to be up for work the next day. And he basically was screaming at me so bad that I just jumped off the bed and I literally slammed him into the wall. And I told him he could either calm down or I was gonna choke him out and he's gonna go out in the back of a cop car. Because I'm not gonna deal with somebody who's threatening my life in my house. Yeah. And after that point, it kind of calmed down for a couple days. And then it went right back to eleven. It went back to You know, him demanding that I hit him. Um, There was even one time I had to call the cops um, because he decided to hit himself in the face with a frying pan. Wow. And proceeded to grab a knife and start screaming like a lunatic. And I was like, I'm not having this. I'm not getting blamed for this. I'm calling the cops. So... I was you know, more afraid for my life because at that point he's hitting himself with a frying pan and he's got a knife. I don't know what he's going to do. So when the cops show up I'm still in my bedroom, not coming out because I'm terrified out of my mind. He's not anywhere in the house. His car is not even there. So now the cops have no idea where he is. They have no idea what's going on. And everybody's just going crazy at this point. Like this, this was like um, two months after we broke up and we're still living together. He was sleeping on the couch at this point. Uh, And that's when the sexual abuse kind of started too, because his boyfriend at the time wasn't giving it to him. So he would force me into having sexual relationships with him. Because if I didn't, he would start physically, you know, being abusive, he would start hurting me, he would take away the car keys, so I couldn't drive to go see my friends. Um, He was trying, he tried to be more controlling, he controlled what i could eat what i could not you know eat what i could drink what i could not drink um at this point i basically started making the decision to get out of there Um my friends were trying to get me out of there um and from that point to like the point where i actually was able to get out it literally went from pure hell to like chaos mixed in like he decided he wanted to um, use a computer application to use my phone number to start calling the cops. Um, and I'm not saying like once or twice. I'm talking three, four hundred calls a day. And oh God. I had the police banging on my door. I had the police, you know, every t- like every other hour at my door constantly. And I was losing my shit. I was losing my mind because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. I couldn't, like, relax. The cops were constantly up my door. My phone was ringing non-stop because the police departments are trying to get a hold of me to figure out what's going on. And then I'm getting these emails from someone that's pretending to be my parents. And, you know, they're threatening, you know, my life and his life. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So... I made the decision and I really regret this decision because I still have issues with my neck because of this. Um, He started doing this thing where he started choking me. Um, And one time I honestly kind of just like lost my perception of reality because he proceeded to start choking me and he was pitting me down. And I just went full animal mode and I just bit into his arm and I just didn't want to let go because I was so scared. And I literally was trying to rip his arm off with my teeth. I was so scared. And he's sitting there punching me in the face. And I was just scared because it's like at the point, I didn't know if he was going to kill me. I didn't know. And then I finally got him off of me and I just pushed him as hard as I could across the room. And he looked like a scared, wounded animal as he bolted from the room. And I was more terrified of that moment because I didn't know what to expect. You know, I was that's the first time he's ever choked me. And I didn't call the cops because I was scared he would blame me for assaulting him because I bit him. But at the same time, he punched me and he was choking me. So I just stayed in my room for like three days and did not come out. Um, there was another time also where – and this is how I got him arrested for a domestic assault actually. Um, because my phone decided it wanted to record this. And I didn't realize my phone recorded this because it detected I was in distress. And I was talking to him, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to block you on Facebook. And I could, honestly, I can recommend to anybody, do not say you're going to block somebody on Facebook if you're in a domestic relationship because that just escalates so fast. Like I didn't realize what I was doing, and he just snapped. Like he just snapped. Like I've never seen someone go from – Zero to hundred as fast as that. He like bolted across the room, proceeded to grab me by the throat, and proceeded to start like you know forcibly kissing me, and then like just pushed me off and then ran out of the room. And I was just sitting there for a second. I was like, I don't know what to do. I grabbed the phone. I called the cops. I was like, I don't want to get murdered. I'm calling the cops. Well, he made the decision to, uh run to his job at Disney world. And so the cops are there, they're looking at the footage and they decided to, you know, put a rest warrant out for him. I've, that was honestly the one time I felt so relieved because it just was like a weight off my chest.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I called my friends. I was like, look, he's been arrested. Um, he's going to get arrested. I need help. What can we do? Uh, and that's when we started planning, you know, how I could get out of the situation. Um and that's when things started making sense. Um I mean, I will lie, I kinda was a dumbass. I instead of going to the hospital in the back of an ambulance because I was bleeding after he stabbed me during that whole chaotic mess and almost when, broke my when, arm. Can, but back upset when he t- when he st- it stabbed you, when when was that? Oh, that was during the whole chaotic thing of him choking me and stuff like that. And he um, stopped you. Some, yeah, somewhere in the whole mess, I got stabbed in my stomach. And I'm not sure if it was him or something else. But, like, all I remember was I'm sitting there bleeding. And I've got bruises on my neck. He almost broke my arm in two places. Uh, the cops are wanting to take me to the hospital. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. Um, I he I went to you the with a knife? I'm not sure what he stabbed me with, to be honest,
0: because
1: mm. uh, everything just happened so fast. I'm not sure if he stabbed me with like a pen or something. I-, I think that's why he bolted out of the room was just because he realized what he did. I don't know. Yeah. Like, okay. I still have the scars on my stomach and stuff, you know, where he got me twice. And they have a tendency to like rip open sometimes and start bleeding. So but I mean, it was funny because. The cops are like, they put out a arrest warrant for him and stuff like that. And this this just got so much worse over the course of the weekend because it was kind of funny at the same time because I went to the Starbucks down the street and he just happened to be there. And he started demanding that I give him my debit card which I wasn't going to do. Um, he proceeded to start banging on my car window and all sorts of other things. And it was like going crazy and demanding that I run him over with my car and i'm just like what is wrong with this man like what did i get myself into and it kind of just like escalated because i talked to, i told the cops he was there and everything like that and they were like well we need you to get him back to the house so we can arrest him and i'm just like well i don't want to get murdered so he texted me like the next day and he's like oh i'm so sorry it won't ever happen again um you know basic you know abusive bullshit you know trying to, you know, get the victim to feel like, you know, everything's going to be fine. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Just come back to the house. You can take a shower before you go to work. Um, and just let me know when you're outside. So he gets back to the house. He lets me know he's outside. I picked up the phone. I was like, you know, 911 answered. And I was like, Hey, could you send the police, um, to my house? I need you to pick up somebody who has a warrant. And, (laughs) So he comes into the house and I'm standing with a knife in my hand making a sandwich. And I was just like, if I get stabbed, I'm stabbing back, you know, like I'm not messing around the police show up while he's in the shower to arrest him. And that was one of the best moments of my life because I walked into the bathroom and I was like, here's your shorts, here's your shirt, here's your underwear, here's your socks, have fun. You're going to jail. And I walked out and, he sounded so pissed. Like the cops even got their tasers out. They were like, we're not messing around. Like we will tase you if you don't, you know, go quietly. And I think it was the first time I, you know, yes, the cops basically said they, um, you know, they weren't really going to go after him for, um, the stalking and stuff like that after I moved out. But, um, with the thirty-one counts of uh, misuse of nine-one-one that were also stacked against him, they threw that in there too. So he got charged. The second time he got charged with thirty-two counts. Thirty-one of those were misuse of nine-one-one, and then aggravated stalking with intent to do harm. I think is the what's on his docket. Yeah, and he's been in jail for a year. Um, he, now he's on probation and stuff like that. Um. It's just I'm currently in the, the market right now to find a lawyer because I feel like suing the state and him for um, emotional trauma and damages that I suffered because of their neglect to actually do anything about the situation and proceed to um, really care about, you know, how I feel because they wanted to just charge him, throw it out the door and not really care. And I feel like that was, you know, I didn't really get justice for what I went through because they just wanted to throw it, you know, out the door and just get on with their lives. Did, so.
0: are none, do none of these charges include physical assault, what, what was basically rape,
1: stabbing you, are no, none of those charges included? None of those. I went back to the, the uh, police station and I tried to file rape charges, but they said because of the fact that I had been in a relationship with him that they weren't going to proceed with rape charges even though I have videos of him that he took of him raping me. Um, and then there's you know the countless hours of footage that's online that I'm still trying to get rid of um, where he basically forced me to have sex with him on camera for money right yeah that's never going away so wow that's great
0: because it is that i know in this country that's a big uh a big aspect of uh, legal proceedings if you put personal videos online is that not the same in the states
1: it is to a point um they said because I was living with him and that I was in a relationship with him prior to all of this, that they can't really go after him for rape because at some point it was consensual sex. And I'm like, that doesn't, you know, that has no, that shouldn't have any matter in this because we were broken up. Like, I didn't what? ask to be forced into having sex with someone.
0: Well, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense because if you, if you say, uh, if you have sex with somebody ten times and you say yes nine times and say no, on one yeah. of those ten times, that's rape. If they carry on with without your consent, that's
1: rape. Yep. and the the fact that the police department refuses to even uh, go after him because of that is reason why I'm I'm suing the state of Florida basically wow. because I feel like my um, entire outlook was basically oh we don't care you know we just want to get you know justice for our 911 misuse calls we don't really care about what happened to you and I was even told that by the police too that they wouldn't have even investigated this or even cared if it wasn't for the ni- misuse of 911 calls and I'm like wow so basically me as a victim don't doesn't even matter I'm just, you know, another person in the system that y'all don't care about. Like that's that makes me feel really appreciated. You know, I pay your taxes, basically. I pay taxes and pay your salary, but I don't matter to you if I get, you know, you know, abused by some guy who ends up sexually assaulting me and physically abusing me. I don't matter. That that makes me feel great. So Wow.
0: And did did you tell anybody else? Did you tell because obviously you, you tried to ruin the relationship between you and your mom. And yeah. did you did you tell friends or any other family about what was
1: happening? Um, my current partner knows. Uh, my last therapist knows. Um, I haven't really told a lot of people just because I feel like some pe- a lot of people just don't care. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, people are just like, oh, you're trying to make yourself seem like a victim and. Honestly, I'm not really a victim. I'm a survivor. I, you know, I understand he still wants to kill the shit out of me. And I worry about the day he gets off probation that he is going to come after me. So um, I basically moved to the one place no one would ever look for me, changed my name, and, you know, just basically just waiting for that day. So.
0: And, uh... How how do you feel about how well how long has it been since it's been a year, has it? Since uh, uh, he's, everything he's been on ended? probation
1: for a year a year and one month. So wow. it's been three years since you know everything happened.
0: And how do you feel about it now? How do you feel talking to me about it today?
1: I feel angry. I yeah. mean, I don't I'm autistic, so my emotions don't convey exactly how i feel Mm -hmm. a lot of the times i mean i i i have issues with expressing my emotions correctly so uh it just makes life a little bit harder for me but i that's the reason why i want to basically sue so badly because i want you know them to understand that you know victims have a right to speak out and it's more or less i don't feel like it's fair that they basically just They didn't even want me to testify. They wanted me to basically just accept his plea, you know, plea agreement, and be done with it. Yeah. So.
0: That that's just horrific. What you went through and how long was the relationship between you and him?
1: Uh, Our relationship was a year and a half.
0: So all that in a year and a half.
1: Yeah, we lived together for two years. Yeah, but
0: that's that's quite intense for a two-year period.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I still have issues with my neck and my arm and stuff, so. Mm. I mean, I'm on disability now because of other issues, but I, I still can't, you know, some days can't deal with my neck. I can't, you know, if I didn't have a backup camera on my car, I wouldn't be able to back my car up. So...
0: Well, I'm sorry that happened to
1: you
0: mm. and what what do you think is your message to anybody that's going through what you I went would through?
1: S- I would honestly say if you can if you have friends who want to help you get out, get out. I mean, if it involves you know how to get the police involved to get out, then get them involved. But don't just sit there and think that, you know, it's just that they're going to change because they're not there's just going to get worse. Like I sat there for months thinking, oh, he's going to change. He's going to change. It's, it's just, you know, that's just a phase, you know. And then I literally went deeper, and deeper into hell. Like it just got worse every single day. And it's like I look back at photos and I can see like how miserable I was like. Every single day, you can see the photos just get worse and worse, and I'm just like, I honestly, I should have just, I should have gotten out when I could. But,
0: well, the the one question, the question that I think every survivor gets asked when you tell your story, you went through rape, uh, being stabbed, being hit, being controlled. Why didn't you leave?
1: For me, it was because, you know, I my parents were paying my rent. I didn't have access to money, you know, easily. Um, he controlled everything, including my money, too. Like, what was in my accounts and stuff. He was controlling all of that. So the only way for me to have left was for him to have gone to jail, which is what happened when the police took him yeah. away. I was able to go to the bank and withdraw all my money. I was able to, get, you know, have my friends come over and throw everything into three cars and drive me to a new place. I mean, if he hadn't been in jail, it, you know, it would have been so much worse. Yeah. So, I mean, there's even the aspect too that I still haven't talked about. And that's, you know, like I said, he was using an app to basically call 911. But he was also using an an app to text my friends pretending to be me. So I had people messaging me almost all the time asking, you know, about certain messages and stuff like that. And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, And there was one when he got out of jail. um, I was in the middle of packing up my stuff and my phone was in a different room. And next thing I know, I've got six police officers in my living room. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Why are you, all you guys in my living room? And they're like, you, one of your friends called us. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I picked up my phone. I called my friend. She's like, dude, I got this text from you saying that he's here. He's trying to kill me and all sorts of things. And I'm just like, what is going on right now? And the police are like, well, we're going to stay until you leave just to make sure you're okay. And I'm just like, I'm losing my mind at this point. And they're like, I don't remember sending these messages uh, and I'm pretty sure I didn't send these messages, but at this point, I don't know if I'm going crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's even controlling you from a distance.
1: But uh, Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, the whole, even the fact that he was controlling my electronics, I still don't trust things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm constantly changing my passwords. I'm wiping my computers. I mean, I have a background in IT work, so I'm constantly scrubbing my computers just just to be safe. I mean, I mean, it takes a lot of work to you know put stuff back, di- you know back on your computers, but I guess you never go back to feeling safe after somebody invades your privacy like that. So,
0: no, because I mean, you still feel unsafe and you still feel threatened by him now, don't you?
1: I feel I don't feel as much as being you know threatened now. I mean, if he showed up at my front door, I probably would have no hesitation to just drop kick him straight off my porch. (laughs) I mean, I'm not even kidding. I would straight drop kick him off my porch. I mean, and then call the cops. I mean, I have neighbors. My neighbors have guns and my neighbors are all up in my business. So if he were to show up, my neighbors would handle the situation.
0: (laughs) Fair play. So where do you go? Where do you go from here? How's your life? I mean, now,
1: I I'm just trying to move on. Like I'm trying to have a normal relationship with this guy that I'm with now, who understands, you know, that I can't show love, I can't show, you know, certain emotions that I was able to show a couple of years ago. That this guy basically broke. You know, I can't trust people. I have issues trusting him. You know, I call him a liar. I mean. I know he's not lying to me, but it's just... It feels that way sometimes, you know? Like, I can't seem to trust somebody even though I have no reason not to.
0: And he's understanding of all that. Yep. Yep. That's good. That's good that you've got somebody who's supportive like that with you now.
1: Yeah. It's just... It's been... A weird roller coaster ride for the last two years. I mean, I didn't think I was going to start dating again. I mean, it was almost a year before I even considered the aspect of dating again. I mean, this guy was just, he came out of nowhere, basically. I mean, I still feel like I can't trust people. I'm always afraid because one of his exes that he dated right after me. Um, My abusive one uh, messaged me after he got arrested for all the stuff and was about to get sentenced and all that stuff and was telling me that this guy was putting people in my life and paying them to basically, you know, get information about me and all sorts of stuff. And now that makes me more cautious about having friends and stuff and. I only have maybe one or two people I even talk to anymore because I just can't trust people. And being told that, you know, he basically would hire private investigators to figure out information about me. He would have people, you know, pretend to be my friends to get information about what I'm doing. That just makes me even – the fact that we haven't dated for two years and he's still obsessed with me. That's what really kills me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't want anything to do with this monster, and he wants everything to do with me. It's like, I just want to move on.
0: I find it really strange that he wanted you to really hurt him. He wanted you to run over him and, and stuff. And I just wondered if you had any uh, any idea of why that was.
1: He's... I, I wouldn't say he's mentally incompetent, but he's definitely not all the way there. I mean, if you're smacking yourself in the face with a frying pan, you've definitely got some brain cells missing. Because he, I don't know if just he has like an underlying mental health issue that like contributed to all of this, but he definitely had a mental break at some point in that relationship.
0: Well, I think you've very brave coming forward today and talking about everything that happened to you and being very honest. Thanks very much for that.
1: I mean, there's nothing to lie about. I mean, lying wouldn't help anything. It would just make everything worse. So being honest really is the only way to go. I hope
0: a lot more men come forward and, and tell their story on the, on this show. Cause I think the bravery of the men that have come forward is just so humbling
1: I mean, we go through it. I mean, it does change who you are. I mean, I'm not the same person I was four years ago. I can definitely tell you that much. Yeah. I mean, I didn't ask for it. I didn't even realize it was happening until you know, he, you know. I realized he had like six credit cards that were maxed out at twenty some thousand dollars each. You know, <laughs> that's when I started that put that together. You know, it's like, oh, so he basically is just. Using credit cards to buy me things, you know, like I said earlier, and he's not really paying them, you know. Oh, man. Well, There's so much. I mean, we could be here for hours, and I could just be like, you know, I could go like even small details that like you would just blow your mind. I mean, like I said, it, it was, it was a year and a half of just constant, just after it was about six months in florida before, or no it was about a year because it was august august but i moved out the beginning of august And yeah. he was arrested so
0: well that that is a lot to, for somebody to go through in that short period of time that's like i said earlier it's very intense oh,
1: it was a train wreck i mean it was just like a slow motion train wreck i mean
0: I mean, I thank you for sharing your train wreck with us today. You're welcome. (laughs) And um, I hope everything uh, turns out great for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only worst thing that can happen to me is him showing up on my front lawn. Just
0: drop kick him, like you said.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I got got plenty of things I can throw in here. I'm not afraid of that. (laughs) Insurance will cover all of it. (laughs) well uh, thank you very
0: much for talking to me today
1: you're welcome
0: you take care yeah you too bye bye now hello and thank you for listening I'd like to thank Henry for talking to me on the show today as I'd like to thank all my guests who've appeared on the show so far for gravely telling me their stories I hope that many more men will come forward to talk on FTD Talk, as male victims of domestic violence is not a myth. We need to get the word out there. We need to be honest about ourselves, about what we've been through. Together, we can beat this. No more silence. Thank you. See you next week. Peace.